Section 26 of The Evolution of Modern Medicine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. The Evolution of Modern Medicine by Sir William Osler. Chapter 6 Rise of Preventive Medicine Sanitation. When the thoughtful historian gets far enough away from the nineteenth century to see it as a whole, no single feature will stand out with greater distinctness than the fulfillment of the prophecy of Descartes that we could be freed from an infinity of maladies, both of body and mind, if we had sufficient knowledge of their causes and all the remedies with which nature has provided us. Sanitation takes its place among the great modern revolutions political social and intellectual great britain deserves the credit for the first practical recognition of the maxim salus populi suprema lex in the middle and the latter part of the century a remarkable group of men southwood smith chadwick budd murchison simon ackland buchanan j w russell and benjamin ward richardson Put practical sanitation on a scientific basis. Even before the full demonstration of the germ theory, they had grasped the conception that the battle had to be fought against a living contagion which found in poverty, filth, and wretched homes the conditions for its existence. One terrible disease was practically wiped out in twenty-five years of hard work. It is difficult to realize that within the memory of men now living, typhus fever was one of the great scourges of our large cities and broke out in terrible epidemics the most fatal of all to the medical profession in the severe epidemic in ireland in the forties of the last century one-fifth of all the doctors in the island died of typhus a better idea of the new crusade made possible by new knowledge is to be had from a consideration of certain diseases against which the fight is in active progress nothing illustrates more clearly the interdependence of the sciences than the reciprocal impulse given to new researches in pathology and entomology by the discovery of the part played by insects in the transmission of disease the flea the louse the bedbug the housefly the mosquito the tick have all within a few years taken their place as important transmitters of disease the fly population may be taken as the sanitary index of a place the discovery too that insects are porters of disease has led to a great extension of our knowledge of their life history early in the nineties when dr thayer and i were busy with the study of malaria in baltimore we began experiments on the possible transmission of the parasites and a tramp who had been a medical student offered himself as a subject before we began dr thayer sought information as to the varieties of mosquitoes known in america but sought in vain there had at that time been no systematic study the fundamental study which set us on the track was a demonstration by patrick manson in eighteen seventy nine of the association of filarian disease with the mosquito many observations had already been made and were made subsequently on the importance of insects as intermediary hosts in the animal parasites but the first really great scientific demonstration of a widespread infection through insects was by theobald smith now of harvard university in eighteen eighty nine in the study of texas fever of cattle 
i well remember the deep impression made upon me by his original communication which in completeness in accuracy of detail in harveyan precision and in practical results remains one of the most brilliant pieces of experimental work ever undertaken it is difficult to draw comparisons in pathology but i think if a census were taken among the world's workers on disease the judgment to be based on the damage to health and direct mortality the votes would be given to malaria as the greatest single destroyer of the human race cholera kills its thousands plagues in its bad years its hundreds of thousands yellow fever hookworm disease pneumonia tuberculosis are all terribly destructive some only in the tropics others in more temperate regions but malaria is to-day as it ever was a disease to which the word pandemic is especially applicable in this country and in europe its ravages have lessened enormously during the past century but in the tropics it is everywhere and always present the greatest single foe of the white man and at times and places it assumes the proportions of a terrible epidemic in one district of india alone during the last four months of nineteen eight one quarter of the total population suffered from the disease and there were four hundred thousand deaths practically all from malaria today the control of this terrible scourge is in our hands and as i shall tell you in a few minutes largely because of this control the panama canal is being built no disease illustrates better the progressive evolution of scientific medicine it is one of the oldest of the known diseases the greeks and greco-romans knew it well it seems highly probable as brought out by the studies of w h s jones of cambridge that in part at least the physical degeneration in greece and rome may have been due to the great increase of this disease its clinical manifestations were well known and admirably described by the older writers in the seventeenth century as i have already told you the remarkable discovery was made that the bark of the cinchona tree was a specific between the date of the countess's recovery in lima and the year eighteen eighty a colossal literature on the disease had accumulated literally thousands of workers had studied the various aspects of its many problems the literature of this country particularly of the southern states in the first half of the last century may be said to be predominantly malarial ordinary observation carried on for long centuries had done as much as was possible in eighteen eighty a young french army surgeon laveran by name working in algiers found in the microscopic examination of the blood that there were little bodies in the red blood corpuscles amoeboid in character which he believed to be the germs of the disease very little attention was at first paid to his work and it is not surprising it was the old story of wolf wolf there had been so many supposed germs that the profession had become suspicious several years elapsed before surgeon general sternberg called the attention of the english-speaking world to laveran's work it was taken up actively in italy and in america by councilmen abbott and by others among us in baltimore the result of these widespread observations was the confirmation in every respect of laveran's discovery of the association with malaria of a protozoan parasite this was step number three clinical observation empirical discovery of the cure determination of the presence of a parasite two other steps followed rapidly another army surgeon ronald ross working in india 
influenced by the work of Manson, proved that the disease was transmitted by certain varieties of mosquitoes. Experiments came in to support the studies in etiology. Two of those may be quoted. Mosquitoes which had bitten malarial patients in Italy were sent to London, and there allowed to bite Mr. Manson, son of Dr. Manson. This gentleman had not lived out of England, where there is now no acute malaria. He had been a perfectly healthy, strong man. In a few days following the bites of the infected mosquitoes, he had a typical attack of malarial fever. The other experiment, though of a different character, is quite as convincing. In certain regions about Rome, in the Campania, malaria is so prevalent that in the autumn almost everyone in the district is attacked, particularly if he is a newcomer. Dr. Sambon and a friend lived in this district from June 1st to September 1st, 1900. The test was whether they could live in this exceedingly dangerous climate for the three months without catching malaria, if they used stringent precautions against the bites of mosquitoes. For this purpose, the hut in which they lived was thoroughly wired, and they slept under netting. Both of these gentlemen, at the end of the period, had escaped the disease. Then came the fifth and final triumph, the prevention of the disease. The anti-malarial crusade, which has been practiced by Sir Ronald Ross, and has been carried out successfully on a wholesale scale in Italy and in parts of India and Africa, has reduced enormously the incidence of the disease. Professor Celli of Rome, in his lecture room, has an interesting chart which shows the reduction of the mortality from malaria in Italy since the preventative measures have been adopted. The deaths have fallen from above 28,000 in 1888 to below 2,000 in 1910. There is needed a stirring campaign against the disease throughout the southern states of this country. The story of yellow fever illustrates one of the greatest practical triumphs of scientific medicine. Indeed, in view of its far-reaching commercial consequences, it may range as one of the first achievements of the race. Ever since the discovery of America, the disease has been one of its great scourges, permanently endemic in the Spanish main, often extending to the southern states, occasionally into the north, and not infrequently it has crossed the Atlantic. The records of the British Army in the West Indies show an appalling death rate, chiefly from this disease. At Jamaica, for the twenty years ending in 1836, the average mortality was 101 per thousand, and in certain instances as high as 178. One of the most dreaded of all infections, the periods of epidemics in the southern states have been the occasions of a widespread panic, with complete paralysis of commerce. How appalling the mortality is may be judged from the outbreak in Philadelphia in 1793, when 10,000 people died in three months. The epidemics in Spain in the early part of the 19th century were of great severity. A glance through La Roche's great books on the subject soon gives one an idea of the enormous importance of the disease in the history of the southern states. Havana, ever since its foundation, had been a hotbed of yellow fever. The best minds of the profession had been attracted to a solution of the problem, but all in vain. Commission after commission had been appointed with negative results. Various organisms had been described as the cause, and there were sad illustrations of the tragedy associated with investigations undertaken without proper training or proper technique. 
by the year nineteen hundred not only had the ground been cleared but the work on insect-borne disease by manson and by ross had given observers an important clue it had repeatedly been suggested that some relation existed between the bites of mosquitoes and the tropical fevers particularly by the remarkable student not of mobile and the french physician beauperthy but the first to announce clearly the mosquito theory of the disease was carlos finlay of havana early in the spring of nineteen hundred during the occupation of cuba by the united states a commission appointed by surgeon general sternberg himself one of the most energetic students of the disease undertook fresh investigations dr walter reed professor of bacteriology in the army medical school was placed in charge dr carroll of the united states army dr agramonte of havana and dr jesse w lazier were the other members at the johns hopkins hospital we were deeply interested in the work as dr walter reed was a favorite pupil of professor welch a warm friend of all of us and a frequent visitor to our laboratories dr jesse lazier who had been my house physician had worked with dr thayer and myself at malaria and gave up the charge of my clinical laboratory to join the commission many scientific discoveries have afforded brilliant illustrations of method in research but in the work of these men one is at a loss to know which to admire more the remarkable accuracy and precision of the experiments or the heroism of the men officers and rank and file of the united states army they knew all the time that they were playing with death and some of them had to pay the penalty the demonstration was successful beyond peradventure that yellow fever could be transmitted by mosquitoes and equally the negative proposition that it could not be transmitted by fomites an interval of twelve or more days was found to be necessary after the mosquito has bitten a yellow fever patient before it is capable of transmitting the infection lazier permitted himself to be bitten by a stray mosquito while conducting his experiments in the yellow fever hospital bitten on the thirteenth he sickened on the eighteenth and died on the twenty-fifth of september but not until he had succeeded in showing in two instances that mosquitoes could convey the infection he added another to the long list of members of the profession who have laid down their lives in search of the causes of disease of such men as lazier and of myers of the liverpool yellow fever commission dutton and young manson may fitly be sung from the noblest of american poems the tribute which lowell paid to harvard's sons who fell in the war of secession many in sad faith sought for her many with crossed hands sighed for her but these our brothers fought for her at life's dear peril wrought for her so loved her that they died for her fortunately the commander-in-chief at the time in cuba was general leonard wood who had been an army surgeon and he was the first to appreciate the importance of the discovery the sanitation of havana was placed in the hands of dr gorgas and within nine months the city was cleared of yellow fever and with the exception of a slight outbreak after the withdrawal of the american troops has since remained free from a disease which had been its scourge for centuries as general wood remarked reed's discovery has resulted in the saving of more lives annually than were lost in the cuban war and saves the commercial interests of the world a greater financial loss each year than the cost of the cuban war 
he came to cuba at a time when one-third of the officers of my staff died of yellow fever and we were discouraged at the failure of our efforts to control it unquote. following the example of havana other centers were attacked at vera cruz and in brazil with the same success and it is safe to say that now thanks to the researches of reed and his colleagues with proper measures no country need fear a paralyzing outbreak of this once dreaded disease the scientific researches in the last two decades of the nineteenth century made possible the completion of the panama canal the narrow isthmus separating the two great oceans and joining the two great continents has borne for four centuries an evil repute as the white man's grave silent upon a peak of darien stout cortez with eagle eye had gazed on the pacific as early as fifteen twenty saavedra proposed to cut a canal through the isthmus there the first city was founded by the conquerors of the new world which still bears the name of panama spaniards english and french fought along its coasts to it the founder of the bank of england took his ill-fated colony raleigh drake morgan the buccaneer and scores of adventurers seeking gold found in fever an enemy stronger than the spaniard for years the plague-stricken isthmus was abandoned to the negroes and the half-breeds until in eighteen forty nine stimulated by the gold fever of california a railway was begun by the american engineers totten and troutwine and completed in eighteen fifty five a railway every tie of which cost the life of a man the dream of navigators and practical engineers was taken in hand by ferdinand de lesseps in january eighteen eighty one the story of the french canal company is a tragedy unparalleled in the history of finance and one may add in the ravages of tropical disease yellow fever malaria dysentery typhus carried off in nine years nearly twenty thousand employees the mortality frequently rose above one hundred sometimes to one thirty one forty and in september eighteen eighty five it reached the appalling figure of one hundred seventy six point nine seven per thousand workpeople this was about the maximum death rate of the british army in the west indies in the nineteenth century when in nineteen four the united states undertook to complete the canal everyone felt that the success or failure was largely a matter of sanitary control the necessary knowledge existed but under the circumstances could it be made effective many were doubtful fortunately there was at the time in the united states army a man who had already served an apprenticeship in cuba and to whom more than to anyone else was due the disappearance of yellow fever from that island to a man the profession of the united states felt that could dr gorgas be given full control of the sanitary affairs of the panama zone the health problem which meant the canal problem could be solved there was at first a serious difficulty relating to the necessary administrative control by a sanitary officer in an interview which dr welch and i had with president roosevelt he keenly felt this difficulty and promised to do his best to have it rectified it is an open secret that at first as was perhaps only natural matters did not go very smoothly and it took a year or more to get properly organized yellow fever recurred on the isthmus in nineteen four and in the early part of nineteen five it was really a colossal task in itself to undertake the cleaning of the city of panama which had been for centuries a pest-house 
the mortality in which even after the american occupation reached during one month the rate of seventy-one per thousand living there have been a great many brilliant illustrations of the practical application of science in preserving the health of a community and in saving life but it is safe to say that considering the circumstances the past history and the extraordinary difficulties to be overcome the work accomplished by the isthmian canal commission is unique the year nineteen five was devoted to organization yellow fever was got rid of and at the end of the year the total mortality among the whites had fallen to eight per thousand but among the blacks it was still high forty four for three years with a progressively increasing staff which had risen to above forty thousand of whom more than twelve thousand were white the death rate progressively fell of the six important tropical diseases plague which reached the isthmus one year was quickly held in check yellow fever the most dreaded of them all never recurred beriberi which in nineteen six caused sixty-eight deaths has gradually disappeared the hookworm disease ankylostomiasis has steadily decreased from the very outset malaria has been taken as the measure of sanitary efficiency throughout the french occupation it was the chief enemy to be considered not only because of its fatality but on account of the prolonged incapacity following infection in nineteen six out of every one thousand employees there were admitted to the hospital from malaria eight hundred twenty one in nineteen seven four hundred twenty four in nineteen eight two hundred eighty two in nineteen twelve one hundred ten in nineteen fifteen fifty one in nineteen seventeen fourteen the fatalities from the disease have fallen from two hundred thirty three in nineteen six to one hundred fifty four in nineteen seven to seventy three in nineteen eight and to seven in nineteen fourteen the death rate from malarial fever per one thousand population sank from eight point four nine in nineteen six to zero point one one in nineteen eighteen dysentery next to malaria the most serious of the tropical diseases in the zone caused sixty-nine deaths in nineteen six forty-eight in nineteen seven in nineteen eight with nearly forty-four thousand only sixteen deaths and in nineteen fourteen four but it is when the general figures are taken that we see the extraordinary reduction that has taken place out of every one thousand engaged in nineteen eight only a third of the number died that died in nineteen six and half the number that died in nineteen seven in nineteen fourteen the death rate from disease among white males had fallen to three point one three per thousand the rate among the two thousand six hundred seventy four american women and children connected with the commission was only nine point seven two per thousand but by far the most gratifying reduction is among the blacks among whom the rate from disease had fallen to the surprisingly low figure in nineteen twelve of eight point seven seven per thousand in nineteen six it was forty seven per thousand a remarkable result that in nineteen eight the combined tropical diseases malaria dysentery and beriberi killed fewer than the two great killing diseases of the temperate zone pneumonia and tuberculosis one hundred twenty seven in one group and one hundred thirty seven in the other the whole story is expressed in two words effective organization and the special value of this experiment in sanitation is that it has been made and made successfully in one of the great plague spots of the world
month by month a little gray-covered pamphlet was published by colonel gorgas a report of the department of sanitation of the isthmian canal commission i have been one of the favored to whom it has been sent year by year and keenly interested as i have always been in infectious diseases and particularly in malaria and dysentery i doubt if any one has read it more faithfully in evidence of the extraordinary advance made in sanitation by gorgas i give a random example from one of his monthly reports nineteen twelve in a population of more than fifty two thousand the death rate from disease had fallen to seven point three one per thousand among the whites it was two point eight zero and among the colored people eight point seven seven not only is the profession indebted to colonel gorgas and his staff for this remarkable demonstration but they have offered an example of thoroughness and efficiency which has won the admiration of the whole world as j b bishop secretary of the isthmian canal commission has recently said quote, the americans arrived on the isthmus in the full light of these two invaluable discoveries the insect transmission of yellow fever and malaria scarcely had they begun active work when an outbreak of yellow fever occurred which caused such a panic throughout their force that nothing except the lack of steamship accommodation prevented the flight of the entire body from the isthmus prompt intelligent and vigorous application of the remedies shown to be effective by the mosquito discoveries not only checked the progress of the pest but banished it forever from the isthmus in this way and in this alone was the building of the canal made possible the supreme credit for its construction therefore belongs to the brave men surgeons of the united states army who by their high devotion to duty and to humanity risked their lives in havana in nineteen hundred to nineteen one to demonstrate the truth of the mosquito theory Unquote. one disease has still a special claim upon the public in this country some fourteen or fifteen years ago in an address on the problem of a typhoid fever in the united states i contended that the question was no longer in the hands of the profession in season and out of season we had preached salvation from it in volumes which fill state reports public health journals and the medical periodicals though much has been done typhoid fever remains a question of grave national concern you lost in this state in nineteen eleven from typhoid fever one hundred fifty four lives every one sacrificed needlessly every one a victim of neglect and incapacity between twelve hundred and fifteen hundred persons had a slow lingering illness a nation of contradictions and paradoxes a clean people by whom personal hygiene is carefully cultivated but it has displayed in matters of public sanitation a carelessness simply criminal a sensible people among whom education is more widely diffused than in any other country supinely acquiesces in conditions often shameful beyond expression the solution of the problem is not very difficult what has been done elsewhere can be done here it is not so much in the cities though here too the death rate is still high but in the smaller towns and rural districts in many of which the sanitary conditions are still those of the middle ages how galen would have turned up his nose with contempt at the water supply of the capital of the dominion of canada scourged so disgracefully by typhoid fever of late there is no question that the public is awakening but many state boards of health need more efficient organization and larger appropriations others are models and it is not for lack of example 
that many lag behind. The health officers should have special training in sanitary science and special courses leading to diplomas in public health should be given in the medical schools. Were the health of the people made a question of public and not of party policy, only a skilled expert could possibly be appointed as a public health officer, not as it is now so often the case, the man with the political pole. It is a long and tragic story in the annals of this country that distinguished man, the first professor of physic in this university in the early years of last century, Dr. Nathan Smith, in that notable monograph on typhus fever, 1824, tells how the disease had followed him in his various migrations, from 1787, when he began to practice, all through his career, and could have returned this year, in some hundred and forty or one hundred and fifty families of the state, he would find the same miserable tragedy which he had witnessed so often in the same heedless sacrifice of the young on the altar of ignorance and incapacity. End of section 26